Hello, I'm Pastor Draper of Maranatha Bible Church. And in light of the recent virus from China and looking at the devastating impact, displaced, despondent, in pain, in confusion, not knowing where to go, I want to preach a message entitled, Starting Over. This is a special message that you really don't want to miss. Because the reality of life is that sooner or later, all of us have to start over. After the death of a loved one, uh, not passing a course, a failed marriage, a bad decision, on and on it goes. Life will put us in position where we will have to start over. I will be preaching from Genesis chapter 7 and 8. Lessons and insights from the life of Noah. Let's pray before the preaching of the gospel. And Father, we thank you for the ministry of your word that does like only it can do. We pray that you would just use me, anoint me now. We need a word from the Lord in times like these. Embolden me, quicken me, empower me. For without you, we can do nothing. Help our minds not to wonder or become distracted. Help us to document truth and, and get what we have come for. Even those via live stream and YouTube and Facebook and all these other platforms, we pray that they would too be still and receive the word of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Turn with us once again to Genesis chapter 8, verses 19 through, verses 13 through 19. Genesis chapter 8, verses 13 through 19. We're going to take up what we left off last time. Uh, We are in a series entitled Starting Over in Life. Starting Over in Life. Genesis chapter 8, verses 13 through 19. The word of God reads, And it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth and nor removed the covering of the ark and looked and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried. Verse 15, then God spoke to Noah saying, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Verse 18, so Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him, every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, and whatever creeps on the earth according to their families went out of the ark. And from this passage and other related passages, we're going to preach, Lord willing, again, starting over in life. After the devastating universal flood, Noah, his family, and the animals aboard that ark were instructed by God to come out like we've just read in the passage. It was a very different world when Noah and his family came out of that ark. All of creation had been purged 
The topography had been drastically altered. People they once knew and had relationships with, they were all gone. Perhaps you are thinking you had a tough time during this pandemic surrounded by sickness and death, but it pales in comparison to the judgment of Almighty God. Let me tell you something. God sent upon this earth the flood where all of Noah's relatives, his wife's relatives, the families of his sons, all all their aunts were gone, their uncles, nephews, cousins, friends, neighbors. They were all gone. What a staggering thought. In other words, it was the dawning of a new era where Noah and his family were put in a position where they had no other choice but to start over. Words of encouragement for starting over. That was drastic for Noah and his wife and, and their, their families. Starting over can be quite challenging, but there comes a time in life when we have to accept the fact that we have to start over. And so allow me to continue where I left off. I have some additional insights to give, and then there will be a part three because I wanted to take my time and allow this uh, series to saturate your life and saturate your spirit. Words of encouragement for starting over. Number one, starting over means you must be determined to grow yourself spiritually, which, which helps to guard against spiritual regression. Again, starting over means you must be determined to grow yourself spiritually, which helps to guard against spiritual regression. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Growing spiritually in Christ is not an option. God commands us to grow. He instructs us to to grow. It is not an option, but rather it should be a spiritual goal for all of us this year. What, what a wonderful thing to put down on your fasting and prayer life, uh, uh, during your fasting and prayer time, that you, you want as a spiritual goal to grow spiritually like never before in your life. We are commanded by the word of God to grow, and not only to grow, but to keep on growing. You should never get to the point where you think you don't need to grow spiritually. The point where you stop growing is where you began your spiritual erosion and regression. When you stop growing, that's when you began to head down spiritually. What are some signs of spiritual erosions? They are the inability to arrive at church on time and the spiritual discipline to be still when you're in the worship celebration and receive the word of God while in the house of God. It is, it is possible to be in the church and yet not worship. Just in and out, in and out, moving around, sitting around, talking to everybody and never commune with the living God 
Other signs of spiritual erosions are lacking spiritual discipline to stay through the benediction. Some people, we're not talking about those that have to go to work. That's not everybody or some unique need that comes up when you have to ease out uh, as you set toward the back. We're not talking about you at all. But there are some people who come planning to go as they come and they become clock watchers at the church, you know, uh, and yet they can go anywhere else they want to be and don't think about time. So uh, it's lacking the spiritual discipline to stay until the benediction. As a matter of fact, the benediction is so critical because we we are invoking in prayer a blessing upon your life as you exit the sanctuary. And you don't want to miss that. Uh, Another sign of erosion is an unteachable spirit. You're not teachable. A judgmental spirit is a sign of erosion. Having a sense of arrival. I've gotten where I am and I I can't go. I I, I hit it. I'm there. I don't ever want to get to that point. I haven't arrived. So much about the scripture, I don't know. There are some passages I'm still grappling with. Seeking God for insight into. If you're just tuning in to the Maranatha broadcast, Pastor Draper is in the midst of a series entitled Starting Over. Uh, Something else you need to perhaps put on your fasting and prayer sheets. Uh, Being set in your ways. Lord, deliver me from being set in my ways. That's a sign of spiritual erosion. Refusing to accept correction. You young folk can be that way, especially when they become young adults. Uh, <laughs> an entitlement mentality. Walk around strutting like a peacock, thinking folk owe you something. Or not participating in spiritual growth opportunities, like Wednesday nights when we have our Bible study and prayer time and all of these things. Putting yourself in position where you can grow because you are hungry for the word of God. Spiritual pride is another uh, sign of spiritual erosion. You know, you, you sit there because you've been saved so long. You, you think you, you know the Bible and uh, you, it's possible to, to know about the Bible and not know the Bible. Which prohibits you from learning more about the Bible in Christ and not trusting. And another one. Another sign of spiritual erosion and spiritual immaturity is not trusting God to give him 10 percent at least of your income. 10 percent is not where you stop. It's where you start as you grow in your walk with the Lord. So starting over means you must be determined to grow yourself spiritually, which helps to guard against spiritual erosion. Number two, starting over means that you must possess a renewed passion for Christ which is our theme for this year. We went over that even in the planning conference uh, last Wednesday. Starting over means that you must possess a renewed passion for Christ, which is our theme of this year. The scripture says in Romans 12, 10, never be lacking in zeal. You ought not be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Now, a passionate believer is one who possesses zeal. A passionate believer is one who possesses enthusiasm. You can see it all over them. They, they're excited. They smile. They're energetic. They have, they're full of life. They're not just dry and just 
They act like they're bored when they're here. It's a challenge to get to the house of God. Uh, uh, One who has zeal and passion, they're on fire for God. You can see the fire all over their countenance. Their whole persona is is fired up. They have a heightened sense of urgency because of the times in which we live. Listen, all that stuff we saw in Washington, D.C., and and not only Washington, D.C., this past week, but but even all of last year, we just just not stop there. Let's go all the way back from there to last year. Even that ought to move us into a heightened sense of urgency to be about the father's business and prepare ourselves uh, to meet the dire needs of humanity in the times in which we live. Are you on fire for God? Are you living in a heightened state of urgency? Beloved, if you're not on fire for God, You ought to show some signs that you are on fire for God. America and the world are being turned upside down. And some of you are not all of you by by radio, by the social media platforms, Facebook and all these things. Those you are worshiping in person. Some of you have become lethargic. You don't do you're doing less than you used to do. You kind of just la-la about your relationship. You're spiritually sluggish. Some saints have become apathetic. Some saints are actually unresponsible to spiritual things. And even when they come to the house of God, they just look and they just still. They won't say amen. They won't wave a hand. They won't clap a hand. They just, they just stone faced. But oh, when they're at the game and the game is on the line and you hope the, the field goal kicker hit the, hit the, the three points and they win, they miss it, they lose. All of a sudden everybody's standing up, some crossing, some making cross crossing their hearts and all that. Stop crossing your hearts. You know, crossing their fingers and everything else and get to church and don't cross nothing but your legs. <laughs> Where is the fire of God in your life? Where's the responsiveness? Some of you are almost spiritually dead from the way you look. If the spiritual EMS unit came and took your spiritual pus, there wouldn't be anything there. They have to rush you to the spiritual ICU unit because you have no spiritual pus. Can't even find him. Let me put this thing on the heart. Let me put it. I don't hear nothing. And some of you need to wake up. Amen. This is the year of renewed passion. That's the theme of the year at Maranatha, that the Lord will renew our passion, that we will wake up and be on fire and be excited about God. And be for the mere fact that we're in a brand new year ought to make us jump and shout. Aren't you glad to be here? Don't you know God could have left you back in May or April of last year? You're not here because you deserve to be here. You're here because of the grace of God and the mercy of God upon your life. Why don't you say hallelujah to the Lamb of God? <laughs> Number 
three, starting over, starting over, starting over this year means we must give priority to prayer and fasting if we're going to experience spiritual victory over Satan and the demonic realm. Starting over this year means we must give priority to prayer and fasting if we're going to experience spiritual victory over Satan and the demonic realm and see God take us to new spiritual dimensions in him. That's so critical. I say it again because I know you're writing. Starting over this year means we must give priority to prayer and fasting if we're going to experience spiritual victory over Satan and the demonic realm and see God take us to new spiritual dimensions in him. I love this great passage in Acts of 431, which says, and when they had prayed, it was a praying church. That's why we have prayer. That's why I prayed before I preached. That's why we opened the service with prayer. That's why we, I had you to hold those fasting and prayer forms up. Uh, in prayer. And then we're going to be praying a little bit later. We pray and we pray and we pray. Why do you pray so much in this church? Because Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. The scripture says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together, you, you, in order to assemble together, you got to come and be together. You, you got to make, you got to step into the doors of those, of the church and take your seat and expect God to speak to you. You ought to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So the, a place where they were assembled together. Here you are. You are assembled together on the Lord's day. And they were in prayer and they prayed so fervently and so passionately that the whole house shook. Because of a praying church. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. A deficiency of prayer, a deficiency of fasting and the word will hinder revival and passion in the believer's life. A deficient of prayer, fasting and the word of God. When there's waning prayer, little to no fasting, a diminishing of the word will hinder revival and passion in the believer's life. Beloved. Prayer and fasting enlightens us. Let me give you some insights why you ought to be praying. And hopefully this will motivate you to pray. Fasting and prayer enlightens us, which is to illuminate us. Fasting and prayer instructs us. We are instructed through fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer gives spiritual insight. You get insight into God, insight into your children. Insight into your husband, insight into your wife, insight into your grandchildren, insight on uh, about your own life, insight into the word of God, spiritual insight and the ability to comprehend God's word. Uh, fasting and prayer changes your behavior. It calms anxiety. Fasting and prayer will remove your fear. Fasting and prayer enables us to behave righteously. You talk right. You think holy. You talk holy. You behave yourself. You're not immoral. You're not slipping and sliding into sin comfortably. Fasting and prayer helps us to behave righteously. Fasting and prayer reveals the truth about ourselves. 
fasting and prayer is confrontational. It, it, it deals with you in a way you wouldn't otherwise deal, otherwise deal with yourself. A fasting and prayer prepares us for spiritual warfare. The war is on. Satan and his army is against God and, and believers, the children, the saints of God. Fasting and prayer revives us. It awakens us spiritually. Uh, which fasting and prayer makes us alive. Fasting and prayer restores and it ignites fire and passion in believers who are dry. There are believers who are dull and lukewarm. Uh, fasting and prayer ignites the fire of God in our soul. During these 40 days of fasting and prayer, it is urgent that we come out on Wednesday nights starting this coming Wednesday and be determined to pray and study God's word together as a church family. Jesus did not lose focus of his mission, which God commissioned him to do while on earth. He did not lose sight of his mission. Jesus, when he was on earth, he did not try to overthrow the government and start a revolution. When Jesus was on earth, he did not instruct his disciples to rebel and not pay their taxes. When Jesus was on earth, he did not instruct his disciples to riot, loot, and attack people. As a matter of fact, in the garden, when Peter pulled out his sword and cut off one of the soldiers' ear, Jesus said, now put your sword up. That's not the way I'm going now. I got to go to the cross. And he took that ear that Peter had cut off, picked it up. He was, that man was earless in one of his ear and put it back on. And God did ear surgery. Hey, did ear surgery. He said, no, where I'm going, you can't fight your way through. I'm on a higher order. I have a higher mission. I didn't come to attack people. I did not come to burn and tear down Galilee. I didn't come to burn and tear down and loot Capernaum. I did not come to burn and tear down and loot Cana. I did not come to burn and tear down and loot Caesarea Philippi. I didn't instruct you to go into Jericho and mess up the place. Jesus stayed in the Father's will and refused to be swayed by any movements. He refused to be swayed by any social agendas. He refused to be swayed by any political things that we're confronted with today. Beloved, Jesus came to do the Father's will and we have been commissioned to do the will of Jesus in the best of times and the worst of times to the glory of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Well, you say we, we have come to do the will of the Father. Pastor Draper, can you tell me just what the will of the Father is? I can give you about 20, but I'll give you about five because that's all you can take about now. So let me give you about five of the things that God uh, told us to do through Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, God, God the Father does not become our Father until we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. You don't even have a right to call him Father until you first come to Christ. And then when you come to Christ, then you can say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. Give us this day our daily bread. And on and on it goes. You don't even you don't have a right to call him daddy until you first accept Jesus. Once you accept Jesus, then you have a right to say, 
our, our father, daddy. What was the will of the father for Jesus? And, it's, and his will should be our will as well. Well, Jesus came to save sinners. First Timothy 1.15 says, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Listen, you don't have to worry about me running for any kind of political office. I have no desire. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I, but I have too much on my plate at Maranatha. I leave that for, for the people who are not pastors. Everybody can't pastor, you know. So I need to stay what God has gifted me to call. And then when I get through working on you through the word of God, then you say, I'll be, I'll be the senator. I'll be the judge. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll be the mayor. You know, I, I'll be this. I'll be you. You. You'll be you. I'll be the chief of police. I'll be the mayor because you are called. I can't do it all. I am. You know, my position is y'all in Ephesians. My responsibility is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's biblical. That's my responsibility. I'm to equip you. As a matter of fact, I have the highest position in the land of America. My position is even higher than the president of the United States of America. That's right. Because when the church get on fire, when the church wake up, when the church rise and shine and be about the father's business, we can turn this nation upside down for God and people will take note that we have been with Jesus. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us commit ourselves to the fruit of the Spirit as given to us in the Word of God. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Let us commit ourselves to giving our best service to God in all that we do. For when we give God's way, as His Word tells us, we will receive in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. If you enjoy this kind of Bible teaching, Please join Pastor Rander at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas.